0: Recording straight out of 5 Scotland, you're listening to the Films and Swearing, a movie podcast with your host, Stuart Sutherland and Magic Mike Christie. Yep.
1: <laughs> Nailed it. Almost. Well um, Yeah. You say you're listening to the Films and Swearing. Why not just put in you listening to... Films and Swearing? Aye.
0: Uh, yeah. Maybe. Okay. If you end it with the with the films and swearing podcast, that would have been fine. I know it's the own fault of crying, for crying it, uh, films and swearing. Our movie podcast. Uh But it's the name we stick with. Do mm-hmm. like to change that shit now? We'd have to go back to one. Imagine starting at one again. No. No. Anyway, we are on episode one hundred and seventy-one. Uh, we are in the final. The final episode, the final instalment of our Scorsese season. Mm-hmm. We took a poll on Twitter, and it is what we avoided at the start. It's come around and bit us on the arse at the end. Yeah. Taxi driver. So, that is now what we're going to finish the season with, on what we supposed to yeah, have started the yeah, season with.
1: Basically, basically our, our last minute changing the tide. Yes, I it was... was, uh, it was a
0: how the voting was going neck and neck with, um, The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. And then it it was a it was a draw. Like you had bringing out the Dead and Raging Bull were at a tie, and then you had, uh, The Wolf of Wall Street and Taxi Driver neck and neck. And I had to keep like retweeting it. it goes like, Go on some can't just fucking vote on this. We can't have a tie. I mean, we probably could have easily just took a movie each, but we wanted to cap it off with one film yeah we've we've discussed ten so far five Ah, episodes two each Yeah. yeah. so it's funny to think now that we're covering two films at a time we're kind of getting through things quicker in a sense yeah like if we did that with our our Tarantino season we probably would have finished for the man only having nine eight films so far yeah Uh, that would have been like four weeks exactly So, Taxi Driver from 1976 is our main focus today, but prior to that, we've lost two people from the film community this week. Uh, Ah, Considering that, like, what, like,
1: 2016 was, like, the year, like, everybody was dying. Yes. Last year, there wasn't really that much. Yeah. Like, a few happened at, like, the first... Couple months and then from like the summer onwards, there's been like no notable,
0: yeah, because like deaths. That's it. We would normally pay Jews to them and have it like pay Jews. Have we paid any Jewish people recently? No, no, shit. That means we owe the Jewish money.
2: Fuck.
0: Yeah, (laughs) is that how we get a bunch of Jewish folk to edit our podcast for us? No, unfortunately, not. We're not that well off.
1: Aye, my bad balance isn't that good.
0: Oh, that's because you've not got a Jewish guy working it for you. I know. <laughs> anyway, now that we've lost our Jewish listening audience, we could continue with the show. So, we lost uh, Reg E. Cathy this week, a primetime Emmy Award winning actor with 83 acting credits. He died on the 9th of February. Yeah. IMDb lists his top four films as. The Fantastic Four from 2015. He was uh, Franklin Storm, the father of Sue and... Uh, I think it was Michael B. Jordan's character. Oh,
1: uh, yeah, I've never seen the film. I have no intention to see the film. Yeah. him coming up on Netflix as a top pick. Aye. Nope, not for me. You've not watched same, it yet, Mike? Same with Power Rangers. Nope, it- I am
0: watching that shit again. Oh, I feel like this is the thing I need to start doing on our Instagram. I keep getting emails of like, we added a film you might like and open it and today it was Fred 3 and it's just, I think it's like a YouTube guy that's got his own movie and it's got John Cena in oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it, it's got like wrestler John Cena and all his merchandise just leaning at the sides. But it's like, Fucking Fred, free camp Fred, and like, why would you think I would like to watch this? I, don't know. I I need to go onto my account and instantly like put the thumbs down on it. And there's something else that got sent to me. It's like I don't want to fucking watch this at all. Why would you? Like, is it because that time Cameron went on and watched fucking Bubble Guppies, and now my my watch list is skewered with children's film that they think I'll love? Uh. So uh, my account's been tainted with with Paw Patrol and Bubble Guppies, but uh. um. That's my own problems. He was in Tank Girl from
1: 1995. i seen that when I was young. In 1995. But I can't remember much of
0: it. SWAT from 2003. Did you ever see SWAT?
1: Yeah, that was Samuel Jackson and Colin, Colin? Farrell.
0: Yeah, he was uh, Lieutenant Greg Velasquez. Uh, I can't remember. He was in The Mask? I know, I know he was... Um, They credit him as Freeze. Now, I was thinking, is this a gag where the mask told the guy to freeze in the hallway?
1: No, he was, um, you know, I mean, I'm assuming it's a year since you watched the mask.
0: Aye.
1: If you remember the scene where he's dancing with
0: Cameron Cameron Diaz in Mm -hmm. the club. Yep.
1: It's, before that when he goes to rob the bank mm-hmm. and the main bad guys is like goons is like robbing the bank. Aye. He's one of them. Ah, And he's the one that gets shot. Right. he turns up at the club like upstairs like all oh, shot to
0: shit. okay. Okay. I mean uh, shit that I've asked that I know him for is like House of Cards. He was like a guy cried Freddy who owned like a, a rib joint that Kevin yeah. uh, Spacey's character he was always going to. It's like when he, like, sure he was running for president, but he would just like to kind of go to the small rundown, a uh, fucking rib joint and have some foods and just like connect with the people. And he was also in that show Outcast, which was based on like the comics from Robert Kirkman, and, like the guy that did Walking Dead. Mm. This is other series about, uh sort like poltergeists or like people that were possessed, and. Reg played, like, the the town's police chief.
1: Yeah. I remember he had a a big role in that Oz. It was that prison thing. I remember I used to watch that on Channel
0: 4, I think it was on. Mm -hmm. But I never had ever seen the full, like, season. I I think it was, like, a
1: a late night thing.
0: Yeah, he had, like, an eight-episode credit, so might might have been, like, in a season.
1: Yeah. And the only other thing that I remember him from was he had a role in Airheads. Yes, I I listed... uh, Okay, what's his name? Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi and uh, Adam Sandler. Aye, aye. He just played one of the guys that worked in the radio. Ah, one of the
0: text. Aye. Okay. Well, that was it. I went through his filmography and kind of highlighted all the the films and TV shows that I'm aware of. Uh, St Vincent, the Bill Murray film from a few years ago. Him and Melissa McCarthy. I think he was like one of the barflies... Um, Law and Order SVU, The Wire, I think was a big one for him. Mm. He was in the Machinist.
1: Well, I was seen that once.
0: Uh, American Psycho. He was a homeless dude. Ah. I think it's like when he's trying to feed the fucking cat to the the cash machine. I think that was like a homeless dude, getting, um, what's it? Patrick Bateman, some shit, and he started beating the fuck out of him.
1: Ah. I've not seen American cycle in absolute years. I think you were quite familiar with it a few years back when you done it, yeah? Aye. 80's season with Exactly.
0: Exactly. Uh, seven, he had a role in that. He was like a doctor in that one.
1: Oh, he was the fucking guy in the morgue.
0: Yeah. Clear and Present Danger. That, that's like one of those Arson <laughs> four Jack, Jack Ryan, Ryan films, uh, isn't it? Never watched them. And, of course, uh, Puddy Tang. Playing. Mm-hmm. Dirty D. Never played. Never never played that. Never, never seen that. Aye. So uh, it's probably time to roll a little clip. Uh, it's not booty time. He was only uh, how
1: old was he? Like fifty.
0: Yeah, like is it? I've 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 neglected to get that bit of information, but I think it was either fifty nine or sixty nine. Uh,
1: maybe fifty nine.
0: I think. Like, not an old dude. Okay. Here's one that is. On for two minutes, hopefully. All right, so we will go with this one.
1: i told Helen, yes. I plan on keeping my word on that. It's what I want.
2: Well, I'm gonna miss you around, Freddy. There's not many people here. Well, I guess there aren't that many people here I'm all that comfortable with.
1: You know what you should do before you go? You should come up here one night and cook us a rack of ribs. Now, I realize oven-baked isn't nearly as good as the smoker, but you'd make them delicious anyhow. Ribs? Really? You want me to cook ribs for you?
2: Well, sure, just like old times. What's wrong with that?
1: I'm just to help, ain't I? No, that's not true. I tell you, I got something good going, and your first thought ain't. Freddie, congratulations. It's make me ribs. And what's my big send-off? I get to cook you ribs. No, look, you are being way oversensitive about this. You're misinterpreting what I meant. You're right. It's all my fault. I don't know how Claire does it. What did you just say? Is this how you treat her? She part of the collection, too? I don't know where all this is coming from, but it's extremely ungrateful given all that I have done for you. What did you do for me, Frank? This is the White House. You will call me Mr. President. You a motherfucker. Get out! My bad. My bad.
0: You a motherfucker, Mr. President. And that was the role that got him a uh, outstanding guest actor in a drama series Emmy.
1: Uh, I never realised that um, the character that Spacey played in the House of Cards was quite like southern. Yes. I thought he was just being normal Spacey. No, apart no. Of, uh, apart the kids. Well,
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, the character of Frank Underwood is from the South. Uh. I think when we talked about when Seth Myers did his Golden Globes um, monologue. monologue, he happened to mention that his southern accent being atrocious. And that was one of the things he pulled out was the fact that he'd done a shit southern accent. And then he's laughing, oh I this is offending you. Wait till we find out what we're going to say about him later. Huh. Say about him later. <laughs> uh, so, that is Reggie Cathy. Rest in peace. We'll do a wee virtual clink because we don't have any. Yeah. There's no beers being poured today. Uh Um. Six days sober.
1: I'm less than that.
0: <laughs> this is the trap. There. There's a coping mechanism.
1: So, so, all the um on the chef group I'm on, everybody suggesting it just cooking. Like one of the best um guests I've seen with um <laughs> somebody using a Henry the Hoover. Right. And. You know, when you take the hose out and it's just so... the oh, oh they It's just him, like, snorting a big line of coke and just, like, falling over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I generally thought that was
0: quite funny. And the other dude we lost last week is... Uh, I think it was Icelandic composer Johan Johansson. He died on the 9th of February as well. Uh, he, was,
1: he was younger. He was, like, 40. Yes,
0: he was... I think he was, maybe he was
1: 49.
0: Mm. He wasn't wasn't old at all. And, of course, I think he was, like, coming into his prime. I was like, he got an Oscar nomination. He's had two Oscar nominations. His top four films on IMDb included Sicario, Theory of Everything. That was his two Oscar nominations. Uh, Prisoners and Arrival. So it seemed like he was teamed up with that Denise uh, Vunil Denise, Denise. Then it's, I, I, I'll I,
1: know, I can't really pronounce his name either
0: Aye That dude that directed the Blade Runner film because that's a Sicario Prisoners and Arrival were all him as well Aye uh, So it's like they must have came like a, a double act if he was doing films it was right enough for him to bring in his pal to do that uh, his pal Johan now, obviously, he's, he, he's not to the... I don't want to say he's not on the scale of, like, a Hans Zimmer or a, um, like, a fucking a really well-known composer. Ah, like, like, what's his name, like, John Williams or... Exactly, like, names that you could say, like, Jerry Goldsmith, and you could think of, like, maybe two or three films. And when you say Johan Johansson, you're going, what? What? Who? Unfortunately, he's died, but no, nonetheless, he still deserves a wee bit of credit. He did. He is credited for 44 composing credits on IMDb, so he, he had a lot of projects under yeah. his belt. And whilst maybe a majority of them were all on Norwegian, like Icelandic, uh, Hungarian films, he eventually kind of transcended across to America and done films. And he's kind of... I, I don't know how he, like, his process behind some of these, because one of the credits we have him for is a film called Blind Massage, which is a a Chinese film. He was a composer to that. All right. Yeah, so the the plot to Blind Massage is a drama centred around the employees of of the Nanjing massage parlor who share a common trait What's their common trait, Michael? What could all these masseuses have in common?
1: Uh, the old, they shoot happy endings?
0: No, Michael. Including the title. They're all blind. Ah,
1: right. Blind massage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Damn. I oh, was thinking of something different. I, I was like... They, yeah, I was, I was thinking that when they they're blind, like, by birth, or were
0: blind. Because they got happy endings in their eyes? Yeah. I can't even imagine the score to that film now. no. <laughs> but yes, I was obviously hoping we'd say, well, I was like, obviously, well, obviously they're blind. He's like, no, Michael, they're deaf, and just go oh, <laughs> oh, 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 and just fucking Davy Kermit the Frog waving arms, uh, as I was quite happy with my wee bad joke. But yes, you were in the gutter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he done other films, including there's not nothing that really stands out other than like his work with that director. Yeah, yeah, Eleventh Hour. There's one he did with Kim Basinger. One, I, I did know, it, it's uh, I think it's a Hungarian film, but I love the title of it. It's cried. It's from 2017. The Butcher, the Whore, and the One-Eyed Man.
1: Story off. So I'm assuming that the reason the guy has got one eye is because the butcher cut out him. Because he was caught with
0: a whore? Yeah. The Butcher's whore. Oh, um,
1: come on, I was expecting you to drop a Frank Reynolds-like
0: pronunciation. Hooter. <laughs> oh. Aye. Aye, I can't. I've not got the the gravelly voice to probably go hooter. Only only Danny De- DeVito could. I was going to say Danny De Niro. No. Imagine that fucking love child. I know it's physically impossible unless you're watching Junior. But I thought, since we're talking about Johan, we better play a little clip of his work. So here's a sample of his work in Arrival. skip to the middle. Atmospheric stuff. I mean, Arrival uh, that, that, that fits the tone of Arrival. Yeah. And it was it was like a a of the atmospheric film, from what I can remember of it.
1: Yeah, I only watched it once.
0: Yeah, but I do mind it fucking properly twisting my uh, melon. I, mean, I, uh, I, I was fucking jo- excited watching, jo-
1: watching it. Like I think I chose to watch it the wrong time. I think I watched it after work one night, and I was kind of like. Vegging out. Yeah, and I I wasn't like falling asleep, but I just wasn't following it, so I think I really need to kind of watch it when I'm
0: fresh. Yes, to properly enjoy it.
1: Yeah.
0: Hmm. So, uh, rest in peace to both Reg and Johan. They will live on through their work. Yeah. Now, on with the show.
1: Ah, I forgot about a show, do.
0: Yes, showtime. Today we are discussing Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver. This film stars Diana Abbott as the concessions girl. That is the love interest from King of Comedy. She was oh. working in the cinema at the start. A, a cameo, because I don't think you ever see her again. Huh. Man, concessions stand in a fucking porno theatre. Why would you put a girl in that job? No, no. Going to get all these guys coming with hard-ons, and they just see a black lassie behind the counter, and say, like, "Oh, I'm going to ask for her name." Uh, Victor Argo gets a wee role as Melio.
2: Hmm.
0: Peter Boyle as Wizard, Albert Brooks as Tom, Robert De Niro as Travis Bickle. Er, uh, what was his other? What was his codename? Henry Crinkle. Uh, mhm. Uh, Jodie Foster as a Baron. <laughs> Uh, sorry, Jodie Foster is Spacey Bait. <laughs> sorry, uh, Jodie Foster is Iris. Yeah, aye, Spacey Bait, There you go. That's probably already a thing. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make that. I'm, I'm, I'm sure gonna make that hashtag tonight. <laughs> Spacey Bait. <laughs> and Leonard Harris is Charles Palantin. Yeah. The plot too. Taxi Driver reads, a mentally unstable veteran works as a nighttime taxi driver in New York City where the perceived decadence and sleaze fuels his urge for violent action whilst attempting to liberate a 12-year-old prostitute. Yeah. And, Mike, was this your first time watching Taxi Driver? Nah, believe it or not, it's only my second time watching it. Okay. I've seen it about three or four times now, but... Mm. That's here nor there. What did you think of the film? I thought it was quite good. Uh,
1: it's kind of one of like, slow burn yes. sort of thing, but it is, it's interesting because you get the whole, you get like Travis at start, when I mean, he's kind of
0: like, friendly sort of thing. Ah, right? nice. Like, and...
1: like, like descent into darkness.
0: Exactly, he's not Lord better to film. start with. No. And then it just slowly grows and it's the job. It's seeing all this shit that you wouldn't yeah. normally see. And it just slowly pisses them off and yeah. sends him over the fucking edge. And that's like one of the brilliant things about this film is because I, I reckon at that time, if we saw anything like else like that, like just watching a man slowly being pushed over the edge. Yeah. And to be honest, you get so many things now where fucking people are getting shot every day. And yeah. I if this, I wonder if this film was blamed at all. There was, I think, I can't even name what present it was but there was uh, like, somewhere in your Sorry, trivia know. I'll hold my tongue the new then but you feel it's how Asian cinema was blamed like 10 years ago for some cunt got hit with a hammer and then old boy was in all the papers to blame for saying this is the film that inspired him to hit these people and you could totally see Taxi Driver could be one of those films where someone who is a little bit deranged is fucking loaded with guns and just starts red in the streets of scum. Yeah. Now whilst he's shooting pimps and fucking uh, I was gonna say whores, but he never shot any whores. He was just shooting all the bad people. Yeah. Unfortunately in our world innocent people are shot. I know it's quite a serious tone to suddenly take on this, but um fucking Peter Boyle's funny.
1: Ah uh, he looks quite young on it as well
0: eh? aye, where's his fucking hair? Did um, that leave? Quite early on in his life, it looks like it looked like it was either a deliberate haircut, cause he's got thick wavy black hair, but not a fucking
2: Uh, it's just a, a follicle on
0: his head. I know, like a fucking cue ball. It was weird. I I think it had to been a choice, or to the point where it was maybe going really thin and she shaved it. But yeah. um, on that later note, I like I really enjoy this film, as was said. I have a funny story attached with this movie There was a time where I, I it was like one of the the famous stories where I've fallen out with Margaret like properly fuming with each other like we did not talk to each other we were so fucking angry did
1: you um, like hold your hand over the
0: fucking stove just just to get over it like you bitch alright well, well that was it, there was, it was, we were in our first flat and it was something trivial like looking back on it, it's trivial but if we start talking about it we'll fall into the same patterns of argument and could fall out again I done a, a wash in the morning and I put all the clothes in the machine washed it, left it, I think I told her hang the washing out come home for work all the washing still in the machine but she found been time to paint the kitchen all right. and she's like what do you think of the kitchen? I was like what about the fucking washing in the machine and that was it her face was thunder. I was like, "Why did you paint the fucking kitchen? I just wanted to hang out fucking towels." <laughs> and that was it. Like, fucking. <sighs> she stormed out the room. I fucking walked Ben. I was Ben in the bedroom, and I was like, "I'm well, through here, now. What the fuck am I gonna do?" I felt like I was that angry. I wasn't gonna leave the room. I was like standing up by leaving myself, lock myself in a bedroom, and the only thing was lying was two DVDs: Glorious Bastards* and *Taxi Driver*. <laughs> so I sat and watched Taxi Driver, completely. So I sat in that room for two hours, and then I went out. It's alright. She'll be, she'll be calmed in now. I'll go and see. And I was like, Are "You alright? You I to get a tea?" She looked at me. Aye. I was like, "Oh, you fucking talk to me like that!" And I fucking walked out of the house and went in, like went in the fucking didn't leave and got a fucking kebab and chips. Came back up the road, and I gave her chips as like a peace offering. And I was like, "Thanks," like. <laughs> Like, she didn't even want chips. And I was like, ah! and I fucking walked Ben in the room and I sat watching Glorious Bastards. I was just, like, fucking angry eating a kebab. just Like, I just had Travis Bickle narrate, and just, like, as I was fucking, like, angry, I was sitting and clays and Robert De Niro's narrating it and, and like, <laughs> so, like, like, that's my fucking taxi driver story because when watching it last night, Mark was like, I've never seen this. And I was like, don't mention it. Don't mention it. <laughs> because like, you know, like you're just picking a scab and then just the can of worms is open and that fucking argument happens again and I'm walking down the high street buying a kebab because I'm raging. Uh. <laughs> so it's, it's it's there's some history with that film. But when reading online, critics describe it as like the night workers film. And it's probably right, like fuck like me that works nine to five in an office are not working to fucking like nine o'clock at night to five o'clock in the morning seeing what the fucking streets is like in busy towns and Uh. and it's New York in the 70s as well. Like it's fascinating to see and it's described as like a film where as if the sequences are like you're watching like dream sequences or Uh. you've just woken from a dream and of course like laced with that melody of like the saxophone playing every fucking five minutes. You can tell like Oh, the sequences is him driving, but in a but it is as if you're watching a dream.
1: Ah, uh, it's kind of got like a, like a neo noir sort of yes. feel to
0: it, eh? Aye. And I think that's <clears throat> the way it felt. It didn't need to be, like, it just kind of just jumps in and out at nighttime, daytime, but it gives you the impression that he probably never sleeps.
1: No, nah, because you didn't actually see him. I mean, you hear him when, like, when he's like, when he's like narrating well it's him narrating but it's him just writing down all his notes and stuff ah he's writing letters um, or journals he's um, like talking about how like does he sleep and like he thinks he can work in that night shift Joe will probably help him and I mean he's like only like, tired himself out he's he? on like meds as well which aren't really doing nah. the trick either eh? mm-hmm. but I don't think you actually see him sleep once
0: nah because like he finishes his shift and he goes to a fucking porno theatre and then that's not doing anything so he goes fucking has a drink and I mean, he he gets he gets some obsessions, like the women in this film. Mm. Um, I don't think actually did I mention Sybil Shepherd?
1: Nah, you didn't. Know.
0: Ah, I noticed that. Um, I never mentioned her, but obviously Sybil Shepherd kind of shows up as like the, the first sort of interest. Yeah. And this was more like a love interest, where she's playing like one of the campaigners, but as early on it kind of he kind of comes across as a stalker just sitting there yeah
1: because like it's when she first notices him and she's talking to Albert Brooks aye and she's like look like <clears throat> I can see him like staring
0: and he's just, like been there for a while mm-hmm. <laughs> could I mention Albert Brooks plays a fucking great wee character in it I really aye. like like that, that character there's just something like he's funny the way he's played is quite funny and aye. he's it's just sort of like he's like trying to be the flirty guy in the office who probably doesn't have a shot with her, but he'll pester her and he'll be cute with her. And to be honest, it never clicked that it was Albert Brooks until you said it was him. It's fucking obvious now. Yeah. But I was just convinced that Albert Brooks was another cunt sitting at the table in the diner. But the whole... like His obsession with Betsy how he he straight he's, he's he cuts to the chase, he's quite forward wear and Aye. talks about I think me and you have a connection and I wouldn't come in here if I didn't think we had that, but I think we'd be cool if we go have dinner, have a talk, become friends. Like we people like us, we need company. You don't connect with this guy yeah. and you're lonely, you need me and all this stuff. And eventually kinda of convinces her to go for dinner. Yeah. Well Oh, she kinda of plays along with it. she's sorta of fascinated by this weird character. Aye. I like how there, he's always playing these characters. Like just when I said the weird character there, I thought
1: I like cause like would you... Rupert <clears throat> Pumpkin. Aye, and... because like he's um, like obsessive.
0: Aye, I wonder if it's just just a thing that maybe Scorsese likes to write about. Like maybe these characters with these quirks. Ah. Uh. Because it just seems to be like a running theme with De Niro, and it's, it's something that he plays well. Yeah. Like when he kind of talks that fast. And he, he has these out there theories about things and how fuck are men and and it, it's strange how controlling he gets over that meal. And like mm. he starts off he's quite friendly talking about things, and then by the end of it he's kind of demanding that she never sees Tom again. Mm. Like I don't like that guy. Something about him. of so the way he carries himself. Nah, you shouldn't work with him. I don't like. I wouldn't like it if you talked to him. It's like that's a con- controlling relationship right there. And she kind of like she's. Quite relaxed around him. Like some people would be like <clears throat> alarm bells and out of there. But she <clears throat> kind of starts quoting fucking Chris Christopherson songs and talks Aye. to him about being because a...
1: obviously he um like. And in, in order for him to try and make her see that he's like interested, he starts saying um, wanting to like sign up to the. Aye, to the, the, campaign, the campaign. volunteer, Valentine, support her, <coughs> in whatever she needs to do. But like when she's like talking him through, and he's like, he's like, I don't have a clue. Like,
0: yeah. What is it? It's like, but I'm, but I'm, I'm sure he'll be good at it. Aye, if it gets me closer to you, I'm, I'm happy to, <sighs> like, sign up for everything and listen to anything you've got to say because you're stunning and I like you, and you like me, right? <laughs> Not really.
1: And then he goes along one buys to that fucking record, though.
0: Yeah. Aye. And then takes her to a theatre. I like how he's like, I didn't know there's other types of movies. I thought there was all porn. Because like, uh. that seems to be the only cinema he goes to is that fucking uh. porn theatre. And right enough, sitting down a couple minutes in. I reckon why, like, I don't know what part of town is, but that cinema, like the audience seems to be largely like black people. Um. Like a lot of black couples just going to a porn theatre. I didn't think that was like a couples thing.
1: Ah, and because yeah. even he says it, like, you know, it's what
0: a couple's doing at, and I'm like,
1: yeah, like, what the fucking, a fucking
0: couple does that? Did Now, through some of like, the tracking shots, or, like, where it's like the camera, just driving through the streets, did you see, what was on one of the marquees? Like, in the early, I think it was, like, maybe in the opening, montage, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, was up in lights. Ah, I never, I never noticed. Aye, and, right enough like thinking about I would be 70s that uh, was like when we done our Halloween that was that was our pick from the 70s yeah so this was 76 so it must have been I think it was like 73 now I can't even remember uh, 73 or 74 or something so that must have just been hanging around when they were filming uh, so because I imagine he didn't have the fucking the swagger at that time to fucking change the way you fucking streets look and uh, have a decision like That you see in later films. What was the film? I'm trying to think. There's kids going past the cinema. Has like Terminator. Was it It? Aye. Aye. Like films like that. No, 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 no. no. It was fucking Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Aye. Mm. Like just how they have references like that. Like obviously they have enough swagger to fucking put up whatever they want. But that was like guerrilla filming, just filming actual people on the street, and I love that. Like you get to see the nightlife. Almost, that was the best way to describe it like right? all the fucking hookers are getting teased by barons running about fucking uh, like winding them up and there's just seeing these women going daft and I'll get my man and fucking shouting at kids and there's just fucking like angry black dudes walking down the street I'll kill her! I've got to kill her and it's like just walking down the street and like there's all these fucking stories going on and uh. it's, like Hopefully, like, these are extras that he's paid. Aye. Uh, and not just fucking
1: random fuck, like... See, one of the things that I couldn't make my mind up was, um, also, the f- like, going by, like, the posters for the campaign. Yep. <clears throat> it was, like, the campaign date and it was, like, July, so it's always a set in the summer. Ah. But when it was, like, the nighttime shows, you seem, like, all this thinking, if it's... Kind if it is the summer, it's obviously meant to be, like, pretty warm, but I couldn't decide if... I said it was...
0: Oh, like so July, but maybe it wasn't it, but... Ah, there's so maybe, like, a wee continuity error. Aye. Uh, aye, I never thought about that. I'd probably you know is, sort of... I
1: mean, you seen like, you seen like a uh, Bairn's fucking brain fire hydrants. Yep. And, uh, which maybe... Indicates... towards it as, aye, like, uh, the exactly. well, like, the summer. Exactly. But well, like, it like you came to think of that, like, in cold,
0: mm-hmm. like, cold parts of the city and stuff. But, aye. And we were always given the impression that Travis drove around the whole city... Whereas people aye. were under the impression that you don't go to all the, f- more like the black parts of the town. You don't aye. drive through fucking aye, cause hard Because that's, I mean. that's what, um, when
1: they signed up for the
0: job, eh, it's like, were... oh,
1: Ken, when you go through, It's like, is it any time, anywhere? Exactly. And like, when he goes past an area, he
0: gets fucking like stuff through in his car and all that. Exactly. Vehicle, and like, and for, for no reason, but it's just because he was driving through that part of town and they can kind of just kids notice there was a white guy driving the taxi. Yeah what do you think of that? we mentioned it briefly there but the narration aye I quite like that I thought the narration was quite good it was
1: obviously he's, sound, well, obviously he's younger but he sounded a bit different than what aye. he does now. aye
0: and that was Margaret <clears> was watching it with me and when she like she didn't cat caught on it was Robert De Niro in the taxi till, like you kind of hear that voice for a couple of minutes that yeah. she was playing with her phone but when you just hear his narration it's like is that is that fucking Robert De Niro and of course he's in like, I think his character's in his mid twenties. But aye. I think when I looked up, he was in his early thirties. But he he does he just looks like a fucking kid, aye, and because I mean that's the thing. Last
1: one like, like, on like one of my notes as well was um, obviously at that time De Niro wasn't As wide as like wide, no, I mean was... I mean like the year before where he got, a uh, best supporting actor for Godfather Two. But it still wasn't he, like that household name, exactly. Like
0: <coughs> this, this follow-on f- to Mean Streets. I I can't remember. There's many in between.
1: Um, but. It might have been. Because mm-hmm. was say I think he was I think he probably wasn't unknown for Mean Streets. because I, like, I, I mean he, he did look really young. Mm.
0: But um, and it gave the impression that he maybe tested I was gonna say, tested positive. Like it maybe like in audience reactions if they've done test screenings and maybe came back in favour that, like this kid's got something and Scorsese or maybe Scorsese fucking got along with him. I'd uh-huh. like to imagine he did since the fact he put him in like ten fucking films. Yeah. So um But him doing his narration was quite good and at first I thought is he I'd taken if he was just being too, like, one tone. There's like a time where when he got nervous and drove off from in front of the voting station, and he's like, Man, what did I do? Why did this. No, no he's like, What's her last name? I never thought to ask. Uh. And, like, where he's supposed to, like, he's not sounding a surprise as the way he's delivering the lines. It's like he was doing, like, a table read almost. But as it kind of goes on, like, you're engrossed, and I think you're kind of learning to. Expect narration out of course easy films now. Aye, aye. Uh, it
1: and then all of a sudden it does eventually begin to kick into high gear when um Joe DeFoster gets in his car. Aye. To try and get away for, for whatever.
0: Yeah. Was it having that time well I only saw like a waist shot but aye. the voice was probably right. And I mean it, it's it's weird, like, right enough we're talking about fucking Robert De Niro like, done in this film. Fucking Jodie Foster. Aye. She's the fucking child. It's so weird. Aye. Uh, because I, I think
1: that was the same year that she done Bugsy Malone. Ah, right. So it kind the weird seeing her in like a, a family film Aye. to them being in like a like an R-rated film like playing like a fucking child prostitute.
0: Aye, exactly. Where they're talking about you could come in her face come in her ass and, and they like, say but don't hit her. And then she's fucking like singing Bugsy Malone like uh, is her career going up or going down like if I think if their fucking parents read the script was like, oh I should be fine for this
2: uh,
1: it's a risky role to take I'm pretty but sure her mum and dad probably just seen just seen fucking Dollar about thought
2: Ching.
0: aye because that's it's not like De Niro and Scorsese were fucking household names and this was still a really experimental time Yeah. so for them we said right we'll, we'll cast our daughter as a 12 year old prostitute who's doing scenes with De Niro is like how do you want done he's like (laughs) fucking trying to take his belt off and then watching all these fuck get killed around her towards the end but it is after he's fucked things up with Betsy who really I think maybe overreacted I think she was looking for an excuse to fucking leave him Uh, I think the porn theater was enough to fucking sabotage completely yeah but it does it's sort of like that It's all these things I feel kind of just push him closer and closer and closer to like when he s- snaps uh, and like how his image changes throughout the film which that's where sunglasses and he kind like that scene where we mentioned where Harvey Keitel when he kind of has his first meeting oh his second meeting where he finds him and he wants to give him money and he's like you a cop I'm like no do I look like a cop I'm like yeah you're like a cop and he's doing like a false smile, and he's got his sunglasses uh, on. Yeah. He's sitting crying like a fucking cowboy, and <laughs> he's like, he's just looking out to act because it's foreign to him. He's like, he's he's a kid at the fucking military, and he's he's like uncomfortable in all these situations. So he's just kind of like, looks really tense, and all he thinks, You're a fucking cop, aren't you? I'm, like, no, what gives you that? He's, I'm I'm hip. It's like, no, nah, man, you're not hip. You're not hip at all. It's like, I'm hip. Look at me so fucking frozen wooden
1: it's the fact that um, Harvey Cartel doesn't the character plays doesn't recognise De Niro at the end of the film where he's got the shaved head and the big
0: bomber jacket on and Mm -hmm. all that Harvey Cartel when you first see him in this I remember prior to this year if I watched it I was like Christ he looks like fucking Jason Mewes like just (laughs) kicking about he's in a tank top long hair now he looks like Tommy Wiseau <laughs> like through seeing disaster artists <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ, this is a parallel image. And but you just seeing it, fucking seeing this car like this actor, dude from from Dusk Till Dawn, kicking about with like long, luscious locks of brown hair as a fucking pimp. I know. It, it's strangely like one of these memorable roles, like you optic him as the fucking dad for from from Dusk till dawn. He's Mr Wolf from Pulp Fiction but when you say taxi driver a lot of fucker go fucking Harvey Keitel is a pimp aye and it is it's just like one of these strangely memorable roles for mm. all like those three people like Jodie Foster Bob De Niro <clears throat> and Harvey Keitel
1: aye uh, um, going like back to like obviously De Niro at the time that looking at all these like film roles and that, would would you say that that's like the go to film for like if you're like a massive fan of De Niro or would you would you like recommend something a bit?
0: In his early work, it's definitely it's looking at like I imagine it was Godfather Part Two in amongst the seventies as well. Ah, it was seventy four. See that it's 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 hard to it would be a a difficult one to choose between those because almost like the quality of like the 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 Godfather films. Ah. Like the fucking cinematography of those, like that's proper cinema stuff going on there. Uh, I whereas thank you lately,
1: like, like, like I'll I i would not class Goodfellas as a De Niro film. Nah, it's kind of more. It's an a, ensemble cast. Aye. Whereas same with like Casino and all that. Wouldn't mm. I Aye. Whereas reason? like whereas I would class like um, like Cape Fear as a de Niro, like a De Niro yep. film. Yeah. Aye, like Raging Bull and all that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Aye. Dirty Grandpa. <laughs> Dirty
0: Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> um, but aye what the fuck definitely like it is it's one of those roles where you get to see the I guess bean Streets you kind of got to see like a fun loving side to him, like a carefree Robert Nero this one you kind of got the intensity shone through aye like those scenes like which is some of my favourite scenes is like his transformation where he's like I've stopped Eating and drinking, I mean, I'm, it, I'm right, feeling he's like sick. Staying, I need like the fifty ups. Push ups a day, or whatever. I, talking about his routine, like his transformation, and how he's tensed his body up and he's holding his arms out over like the fucking flames of the cooker. Uh, where I, I kind of if he's what the fuck he's doing if he's just wanting to turn every muscle solid and he's talking about everything he's doing where like that and the music, everything, and like those famous scenes. Like the most famous scene of him, are you talking me? Ah, uh, like which is engraved in pop culture and even that fucking WWE parody of uh, like, all yeah. the wrestlers repeating those lines. And uh, who was it? That, like it's like Booker T doing a line, and a fucking shell falls down in the background. It's like what the fuck is that? Uh, and I just seen all cunt, like all wrestlers from all shapes and sizes from Big Show, to Rey Mysterio, all wearing the same jacket. Uh, saying, you talking to me? But it is, everyone's got their impersonation like, taxi aye, and taxi driver. And I mean,
1: like we talked about during the episode for uh, Cape Fear, I mean, he's, he looked mm. like fucking like, in like superb shape and fucking like, chiseled stone. Also, this one is obviously maybe 20 years
0: younger almost. Aye, aye, so that's he's... it. And it would have been, I guess, easier for him to get into that shape yeah. than it was when he's in fucking Cape Fear, but he does, he looks like he's fucking made out of stone and seeing how him um, becomes systematically familiar with all these weapons and especially like he's making the aye, trick up his sleeve aye, makes that
1: wee uh, thing
0: uh, the contraption up his con- like that wee device it's like something of a fucking Assassin's Creed instead of a blade is a fucking wee stub nose pistol aye. and then the fucking hidden blade in his boot like mm. trying all that shit and just how he's practicing for the scenario where he's curled up in bed then he needs to get up at a moment's notice and pull a knife out and it pays off because you see him get to use all his tricks towards Uh the end when he's cleaning the streets
1: but I mean at first like like, during that scene where he's like trying to buy all the like guns and stuff Mm -hmm. at first I was thinking how could he
0: afford like that but I mean he works
1: he he works like fucking
0: 12 hours he's got nothing to spend his money on uh, he just seems he, he lives like a real minimalistic like, his apartment seemed to have less and less as the film goes on. Yeah, uh,
1: there's that scene where he's, like, washing the telly, so the black and white telly, and he's like, he like
0: just kind of gives up when he's, like, leaning his foot against it and just uh, kicks over. Mm-hmm. And even, it the looks like, he didn't even have a, like, towards the end, when he had, before he fucking cuts the mohawk, it looked like he didn't even have a mattress on his bed, as if...
1: The bed springs.
0: Aye, he had everything packed up as if, like, I'm yeah. not coming back home. The only thing that I did see in
1: the room a lot with these fucking two Palatine posters.
0: Yeah. Aye. Like fucking just kinda Was
1: that just uh, was that just there for like novelty effect in case you got the best of him like, gear the we Aye.
0: Aye. Fucking slip the vote. Aye. Aye. <laughs> but I think so just to kinda of like further the fact that yep, I'm a Palatine guy, I'll put these up just to kinda of reinforce the fact Aye. that this is this is the flavour of the month for Aye. me.
1: And really I quite I quite like the conversation that he had when he picked up
0: Palantine in his cab. Yes. That's like a great wee scene where and it was it was like well, those ones where it's like you've got a celebrity in the back seat and he was able to kinda of say, Oh yeah, I'd tell everyone to vote for you, I'd put the sticker in my car but the company won't let me And the guy's like, Well this is it, I need to listen to the people on the street. Well, what are you what could we do to fix it? And then he goes off and he's like, Oh, we need to kill all the fucking scum uh, more or less. Like, to paraphrase for him, and everyone kind of does the eyes, were like, oh, fuck, this is a fucking Cracker Jack driving the car, and they look at his mugshot, uh, and it's like he's in the middle of a sentence, and they take his picture, Was like, he looks a little bit retarded in that fucking taxi, like, uh, that fucking passport photo, but, as I said, one of my favourite scenes was his transformation, what one of yours?
1: Uh, my favourite scene is when he picks up uh, Martin Scorsese himself. Oh, yes. That is a fucking, that is a really tense 10 uh, minute scene.
0: Like. It, is, it is, it is. on for about 10 minutes, isn't it? Because you, you get something and you think it's just a normal fan. and he goes to turn off the meter and he's like, no, no, don't do that. Leave it on. Look at the window and, like, you see the woman, you see that, so like, that's my wife. And he just goes to the detail where he's like, Okay, this is not good, that's your wife's clearly cheating on you. Then he starts talking about the Magnum. Uh like, you ever seen what a gun does to a fucking magnum pistol does to a woman's face? Like that's a a worrying question to ask someday. Yeah. Says, you ever seen what a fucking magnum gun does to a pussy? He's like <laughs> Like, Martin Scorsese wrote that, I was like, I'm getting to see those links. <laughs> I'm writing this for me. Like, fuck a cameo. I'm getting a bit par. This is me. Because
1: it's almost like um, Scorsese was actually playing like Travis's
0: celebrity bit. Aye. Like, a man in a similar situation. Like, this is what Travis is going to be like in an hour's time. Yeah. So. I
1: mean, again, like, Scorsese
0: looked quite young. Aye. In this as well. Thick head of hair big bushy eyebrows glasses. Aye. and to be honest I thought I saw him once earlier in the film and it was like outside the campaign office like there was a dude that kind of had like the Scorsese eyebrows and he uh, sitting there sunning himself but if he because when you're watching these films you kind of want to have an eagle eye like wonder if Scorsese is going to show up but no he he fucking saves himself a big thick part like I'm going to be the guy that fuck talks about like I love that weird kind of the taxi with a magnum because mm. it doesn't go any further nah it doesn't like it doesn't go off and fucking shoots some nah. fucking the house because like, when
1: I'm like when I was like writing my notes and I was like I was thinking to myself I was, like I can't because he has a wee role in his film I, was, like, I can't I can't it in the taxi but I can't remember what it is mm-hmm. and when he gets him in the taxi I was thinking, fuck I was like is this one of the person that Travis kills
0: but I was not like, he? nah and that's, it. I guess it's just one of those mm. folk that just pushes them for, like, this is the people that you're pecking up, like, this is what is in the city, this is the crazy characters, and it's just kind of just leads them towards this fucking final decision to fucking end uh, all the bad people.
1: It's the difference in music as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like when, like, the last like, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. like, because you get, like, the Soothing like saxophone, and then when aye. it cuts all the dark shit, it's like right
0: fucking like like Tense. doom and heavy and all. That. Aye, aye. It's almost like a fucking kettle boiling, and just like the tension, <coughs> like it's rising. It's it's getting worse as these scenes goes on, and I mean one other fucking scene I really liked was when Travis first gets to use the gun and shoots the black dude Emilio's shop oh, in the shop. Aye. aye. Because oh well, you just like he's just there buying beer or something and you just hear like give me that bread get the bread I want that bread, and it's just like this black dude holding up and it's uh, was it was Victor Argo uh. he's Melio and he just does that thing he's like hey you and just fucking shoots him in the face uh. like this film it didn't have a budget I can imagine I can it, it it's a dark gritty film and just see the fucking blood spurt as a dude get shot in the face and like. Uh it just gives you like that cold realism to it, Aye. where it's not over the top, his head's not fucking exploding off his shoulders, but shot in the face and just fucking drops. Yeah, and
1: it's fact that like, Emilio's like going to cover for him,
0: basically. Because he starts fucking hitting him with like his baseball bat Aye. after that. just it. fucking starts laying into him, and like, and Travis is worried, like this is the first time that he's actually fired a gun, that like, he's practised Because he, he
1: kind of looks a bit like, shocked and a bit Aye. worried.
0: Like, I've not got a permit for these, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, right enough you stopped the armed robbery for happening. That's fine, but why the fuck were you carrying around a pistol? So, right enough, he'd get in some shit, but like, Emilio was like, cool, just go, this is the fifth time I've been hit this year. I'm going to batter fuck at this boy. Was like, he's dead. Didn't he? Yeah. Like, but I, right, I'm just, and it just started laying into him. But, I mean, let's break it down, the end in it. We kind of go from, we've got the shootout. Yeah so uh, as we mentioned uh, like when Travis shows up and has a word I can only cry him sport aye, cause I can't that remember because uh, that's his name on, uh, on IMDB because that's, that's what Iris nicknames him isn't it aye, sport
1: because I'm, sure I'm sure Iris calls him Matt but then
0: Matt Matthew aye. I think aye and like how fucking sport Disney games I take it where you are man get last get last and he's fucking trying to give him a kick and I think of what he says before he shoots him, but just like, like yes, yeah, so how about this? And just fucking pops him, shoots right. him in the fucking stomach, and he just fucking falls over. And again, he kind of has like that burst of adrenaline where he just walks off and doesn't what to do, and just sits down on a stoop. He's like, because it just fucking buzzing, and then he goes in to the fucking the sleazy
1: guy that rents
0: the room it. Aye, uh, the fucking landlord. Aye. fucking shoots him in the
1: fucking hand with that a hand cannon. That is
0: one of the fucking best scenes in, in film. Just watching just like it like... The three fingers just popping just up. Just him trying to go, no, no, and seeing a fucking close of his hand being obliterated in the blood. And like, I think they said they had to tone down that scene as in like, actually the, the colours were toned down because it looks black. Uh. Like you were not seeing bright, red fluorescent blood flying here it's just you see his fucking fingers vanish in blood and he's screaming and he puts up a fight for a boy that loses his hand and gets shot in the stomach he's like I'm gonna kill you and he's fucking running up the stairs after him um,
1: because I think because then Harvey Cartel
0: shoots Travis in the neck aye a fucking shot and a half and it, it's like it's done over the shoulder, like he's shot and the camera shifts and you just see Harvey at the fucking opposite end, like at the bottom of the corridor, uh. and then fucking just lays into him with bullets. Eh? Uh. And it's not until he gets upstairs, and I don't care who the fuck was sleeping with Iris at that point, uh. but he gets a fucking... Uh, he
1: gets a bad and he gets shot in the fist like fucking three or four times with the wee snub nose.
0: Aye, and he's on the ground, he puts the gun, and it's that great blood splatter across the wall, like the back wall, Aye. just to kind of, like, that's him dead. And then Travis tried to just shoot himself.
1: Aye. And that was him, the guy that he shot the hand off. Comes he's back. He's still coming back at him. And then he, he stabs, the stabs, him. Yeah, stabs him in the other hand. Aye, and, and that's a great sh- fucking and reaction the, uh, shot. And then he shoots him in the face. Aye. And then also goes to, like, shoot himself. Aye, but then it's just sitting on the, on the couch and the poles come in.
0: Aye. And, and it's
1: that long, like, tracking shot, really, all the damage and, all that. and it's just him.
0: They do that great thing
1: where they fucking, he's in the ceiling looking down. Aye. Like, I'm... And it goes for the bedroom along the corridor. Exactly.
0: Doing the stairs outside. Aye. And when it cuts to, not the next day, but when you see the newspaper article, they have, like, a very similar layout of the shooting uh-huh. It was drawn from above. I like that, where it kind of like it was more or less a, somebody trace what they just <clears> fucking filmed.
1: Aye, uh, and then you get the re
0: narration for uh, the parents, his
1: mum and dad. Aye,
0: he does like that. He like he likes to switch up the narration with like a completely foreign character. How we talked about Silence last week, and it was just have to be this European guy that was in Japan witnessing it. Said, "Aye, let let's have you narrate," but aye, Iris's parents, fuck, we never see in this film that might as well be Scorsese's parents, I don't yeah. know, but having them just talk over, saying, we are so happy you've done this were like, the fact you've saved our girl, we've got her back, like, we can't believe we thought she was gone, and as the paper's going around, and it's kind of like, the reactions change, like, kind of from, like, mass shooting, to hero shooter, and uh. parents forgive him, and like, the, the shock reactions, and then the fact that, Fucking he makes a
1: recovery. Oh, ah, yeah, and he's like, well, he's like, well, he's like pretty much like, you know, like a hero's welcome sort of
0: thing. Aye. Like, right enough, it's, it's that type of thing where people, like, if you t- took it to people, like, right, this guy killed a pimp who was prostituting a 12 year old. He was it's like, fucking good on him. Fucking shooting those fuck. They deserve to be shot. So it's not hard to imagine Aye. that he's got a hero's welcome. But,
1: like, as well as, I was, like, surely they would have questioned him. Where the guns came from, mm-hmm. why he had a fucking a thing
0: built on his jacket and all that. Why exactly, a like a knife and all this shit. But, um, and then it cuts. It's to just kind of glossed over. It's aye. and
1: it cuts back to a scene where it's him, wizard, and the other guy.
0: Aye, just his cronies for the uh, cabs. It it looks as if. Is back to the beginning of the film, uh, like because
1: you see the wee scar on his neck
0: and I, I I looked, but I never saw it. Uh, I saw was you. I was looking when he was in the cab driving with Betsy. Because that's it. Betsy wants a lift. All of a sudden, like obviously through all this good press he's gotten, like this has sort of captured her attention, and she's come back to him. Yeah. And to be honest. If you took out that middle section, the narration from Iris' parents, it just had him lying on the couch, bleeding out, cut to him giving Betsy a lift. You would totally believe that this was like a fantasy dream sequence that uh. he's died and this is like a memory or a daydream he's having as he slowly bleeds out on this couch. Because he looked fucking dead. Uh. But having that narration from the parents just kind of gives you the impression that I feel like they had to give it a happy ending. Like, Willard, Was yeah. it Scorsese's choice to give it a happy ending? Cause, or would it be too fucking dark to finish yeah. on the fact that he went, killed these people, and then he just sat down and bled out on the couch? Because he was sitting there putting the gun, uh. like the fingers to his head, and he was going, Pow, and kind of gave him the impression that maybe that's too much of a cold ending to go yeah. out on. But, I mean, it's
1: nice to see that fucking Betsy then takes an interest in him again. Ah,
0: he's like, oh, aye. Now you're interested. Like, after he went psycho and shot people. (laughs) Like, let's... But... And she got a free ride out of it. Like, no, not the ride ride, I mean, like, the taxi ride. I can't know how he talks about wiping cum off the back seat of his boot, uh, back seat of his car, but... Shit, aye. That's it. It kind of just finishes on, like, a happy note. Aye. Like... He gets to see the girl. He's no interested in her. Cheerio, Betsy. Drives Aye. off into the night. It's some fucking film, though, eh? Aye. Aye, it is. It's something that you kind of, like... Because this
1: was, like... Well, I suppose it wasn't I was going to say. This is kind of before the whole gangster him, but he kind of mm-hmm. slowly dipped into that way main streets.
0: Aye. Aye. And that's it. All it only kind of grows as, like... It, Everyone kind of matures, like uh, Scorsese as a director, De Niro. Like those roles become great because he's grown into those roles. Like seeing a young Martin De Niro, Martin, a young Robert De Niro is weird because he's young. You always just see him as an old guy in films. Uh, like meet the meet the parents and Goodfellas and Casino. He's always like, ah, uh, because I mean, obviously, like our generation when we were, when we were growing up here was kind of like any's forties. ah exactly sorry. you've always recognised him as a cunt from his forties. It's, it's it's weird seeing him any younger ah. so but rewatchability
1: ah it's got a little bit of rewatchability I think nobody knows know as much as maybe like
0: Goodfellas or that mm-hmm. and that's it it's got a neat running time it's, it's I was going to say it's not as heavy as his other films nah I think you kind of enjoy it more just because you know, like, it leads up to this fucking shootout at mm. the end, where it, it's quite satisfying to watch him shoot those folk. Yeah. So I find it's an easier rewatch but it'd be one of these things if it's on the telly, bingo, that's it. I'll watch it.
2: Yeah.
0: Especially, I, I I say if it's on telly, like if it fucking appears on Netflix, like ah. it, like what it recommends you when it's not fucking bubble guppies and ah. Fred Free, like I'm happy to watch it. But I'm going fucking <coughs> sneeze. Oh fuck! Oh, full congestion tonight. Hmm. Hopefully, the cunts listening at home will not be able to hear half it. I've successfully managed to edit out all the coughs and sneezes. Not all the worst ones, anyway. Um, trivia, budget, box office. Which are we going for? Yeah,
1: I've got a, I've got budget and box office here. Um. It was just a worldwide box office I got. Um it wasn't like brown doing it anything, but um budget uh,
0: was one point three million. I thought I thought it'd be something around that. Like it wasn't gonna be any more expensive than that. Uh, like well w- it looked a it looked great. Um
1: you reckon it made this money back? Oh easily. I'd have to. I think did it make 10s the millions it made 28 million
0: decent that's really decent especially like I mean that's,
1: also, that's a success in the days oh
0: yeah, it's I mean. 28 times the, like well not 28 times the budget but fucking
2: yeah
0: we're sitting talking about films now that he's doing like he was given fucking I reckon was it 50 million for silence and they only made 25 back mm. Like well so we're saying it now. Nowadays as Martin Scorsese, says he doesn't need to sweat a flop. Nah. But back in those days he'd be the like fucking golden child to fucking film studios.
2: Yeah.
0: Like fuck I imagine projects were just fucking flung at him. Couple couple
2: interesting trivia
1: yeah.
0: notes. Jared. Um
1: before filming, uh, Bob De Niro done fifteen hour chef, shif- fifteen hour shifts. As a taxi driver for a month. Oh, I heard that. The, to like, get into the role and he studied mental
0: health. Ah, because well, that was it. I felt, well, the taxi side of it, I think that's like that famous piece of trivia was that he fucking did work as a taxi driver uh. for the role. And through to it, they know these fucking Scorsese films, you hear about how much a fucking method actor he is. Uh. Whether he's learning the accents or how he's getting into the role—he fucking yeah. seems to fully commit. Like, whatever he's been done, he'll go fucking live that life Aye. for a period just to make it fucking so much more yeah. believable. Um,
1: the infamous scene with Travis talking in the mirror—that um, whole spiel was uh, ad-libbed, right? And the in the script, it was just Travis stares into the mirror. So De Niro felt that it needed some social Aye. Some uh, interaction with it. Aye. And it fucking paid off. Uh, like, I, I I think like a lot of <coughs> like infamous scenes in films nowadays are all like Adler. Like, like the like Jack Nicholas in The Shining, that was Adler. Mm. And that. and so. I mean it's like parodied all the fucking world now. Exactly. Jodie Foster was twelve when the film got made. Yeah. So she done not a lot of the acting, aye. but for the like really like, nitty gritty bits, uh, her older sister, Connie, who was 19 at the time, right, was her body double.
0: Okay. For or, the like, scenes with her like, in the room. When she maybe
1: been grabbed, flung around. Aye, when she was, I, I think, would she have been? I suppose she probably would have been used for the bit where De Niro where she was trying to
0: Take off his jeans, maybe. Nah, because her face was on camera the whole time. Like when she's like, "How do you want done? How do you want to do it? How do you want?" And like the way she was mm, talking about, like they were having a conversation. But I maybe when they were being physical with her or she was running around.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, um. As well, the, the guy that
1: wrote it, I can't remember his name again. I, I didn't take a note. Um. I can't remember his name but anyway. He um originally wrote the role. Travis for Jeff Bridges. Yeah. He envisioned uh, Jeff Bridges as um, Travis Bickle, and then. That one that we talked about earlier. Oh, I'm saying that the film. Aye.
0: Inspired a shooting. And let me just
1: or an assassination attempt. It. I never wrote that. Was a fucking massive note. I never wrote it, down, but I just trying to try and find it. Um, um. where is it? I am um, the guy that attempted to assassinate Ronald Reagan mm-hmm. in nineteen eighty one, he his like attempt apparently was triggered by the performance uh Travis. Aye. And um that happened on the day of the the Academy Awards. Alright.
0: And now I remember was there a And
1: detail? that was the um that was the year that De Niro got
0: Best Actor for Raising Bull. Ah right. Ah. Now it was a the part there that says he was trying to do it to impress Jodie Foster as well. Or is that um... maybe someone else?
1: That nah, just says the John Hinckley attempt on President Ronald Reagan's life was apparently triggered by De Niro's obsessive Travis Bickle. Mm-hmm. And coincidentally, the assassination attempt caused the 53rd Academy Award ceremony to be postponed for one day until March 31st when De Niro won his award Aye. for a uh, Raging Bull. Ah, fuck's sake.
0: Any other notes? No, um, trivia. Did they have parent like parent cameos? I never actually if if you're on IMDB it's usually at the bottom of the page with like aye. director traits.
1: No, it's just got him his the like, his role in it as the guy in the back of the car, but he was just he was I think his character's character was called like like man talking about silhouette. Aye, aye. That was pretty
0: much it. Okay, uh, one star reviews. Did you look any up? Uh, not a never. I'm gonna look one up right now. Let's see. It's got 294 reviews on Amazon. Let's see how many of our one star. One star reviews. One of fifteen. Let's see. Amazon customer writes, it's a real portrayal of the sad world we live in. One star. Alright. This cunt leaned on the wrong button. Uh, Lexi writes, had to give a star to write review, must be an error, as I've never purchased, nor interested in doing so. So I
1: don't understand people that do these reviews.
0: uh, And It's like, a verified purchase, so this person did buy it. Mother, well, like, I didn't buy it. I'll leave a review anyway. One star. Uh, let's see. Ah, we review from Mohammed. Boring. Not really sure why it's got these good reviews. It's based on a lonely war veteran who is sick of modern society and then rescues an underage prostitute. Yawn, yawn.
2: Hmm.
0: I mean, these are all kinds of watching it in like 2017. Like they need to think. Like, what, like, in 1976, what fucking message I would have sent, like, back in the day.
1: Aye.
0: Because, uh, I mean, they could
1: probably use that as, like, like, that could happen to anybody in this day
0: and Asia. It's just came back so like, they Vietnam on war. Exactly. I mean, there's so much more films nowadays that kind of h- harken back to... Like, people coming back from wars. Like
1: that, um, thank you for your service.
0: Exactly. And, what's the your other one? Uh, American Sniper. Kind of has elements of that. Aye. Where, sure, they've, they've come back from the war, but they've, they've no come back the same. Everyone's damaged. Aye. So, and, is, that's kind of like a, a, a small inkling of, not everyone's going to turn into a fucking shooter, but, it's just, fucking hell, it's, examples going as far back as that. So that was some of the one-star reviews. Mm. There's too many, well, not too many, there was 15, but just a lot of cunts moaning.
1: Uh, there always is. Like, you will never ever find a list of one-star reviews where it's legitimate, great with the film. Aye. You'll always hear that one person that's like, "Can the DVD quality is pish or it doesn't work. Exactly. I didn't buy this but I'll review it anyway. Like, it's been, it like, oh, like, it like doesn't work. That's no, that's no Amazon's fault. Yeah. Like they just stuck it, they
0: didn't make the disc themselves. Exactly. Like, I can return it, get another copy. I know. And then, if you're really pissed with the service, but, aye, just, let's lay into the film. So, I want to take a moment, Mike, let's listen. You hear that? Silence. Yes. that's it? The Scorsese season is complete. I know. We've spent this whole year talking about Martin Scorsese films. Now, we no longer need to. I
1: know. Unless we want to. Unless
0: we want to, because we've covered a fucking chunk of his filmography. Um, So, what's next for the Films and Swearing Movie podcast? Well, we're on our way into Oscar season. The Oscars is... The Academy Awards is happening on the first Sunday in March. Two weeks away. Yes. So we thought we will fill this void uh, with two award-related episodes. Our first one is going to be us tackling two of the Best Picture nominations. So next week, we will be watching... Well, it'll be joint reviews. Well, not joint reviews. Separate reviews. Yeah. I will be watching Dunkirk for the first time. And Mike... You will be watching... Uh, three Bubbles Outside Evan, Missouri. Yes. So, two of the big picture nominations. Yeah, I just
1: need to find a cinema that's still showing it.
0: Yes, I believe our local is. Let's go. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, wait, it's Fifty Shades Freed. Fuck. Is that nominated for an Oscar? No. Nope. Okay. Oh, opposite end of the scale... And of course, in our second week, uh, the week prior to the Oscars, we will be doing a Razzie episode. Oh, no. And we don't know what we're going to be watching yet. We're going to decide we're, that. We're going
1: to actually do this live on air.
0: Yes, aye. Whilst we have our Oscars, whilst we're recording our Oscar episode, we're going to choose the, the films out of a hat. Yeah. We're going to get all of the worst pictures. A picture. cat bowl. Or a cat bowl. Something like some noisy, audible, like a carrier bag. So you could hear the sound of the Shuglan. So it's basically like the shit lottery. Yes. We're going to see what fucking turkey we're going to serve <laughs> each other. Uh, I mean, it could be anything. We've got fucking Baywatch, the Emoji Movie. Fifty Shades, whatever last I year's get, one is. I, um, there's others. That's Transformers. I, Transformers that's, that's going to be a hard one. Like, I think it would be easier watching Fifty Shades than watching Transformers again. Because it's about two and a half hours. It's like Scorsese directed it with that running time. Um, so that's that's going to be our next couple of episodes. So starting off with Oscar quality then finishing with the, the Razzies. Yeah. And then we'll do our, our... Not our annual. We've done it once before taking bets on Best Picture nomination and then who gets it right gets to choose the next season the films. Yeah. So I think we were going to go with a plan of... There's nine films. Nine Best Picture nominations. So I think we were going to choose a film each and then dish out the additional seven to, I don't know, either Surrounding Friends or Punt It on Twitter. Yeah. Fill the voids. Margaret's interesting and taking a stab at... at, Uh, I might let Michelle have you shot it. I'll fire it handy a message. See if he wants to pick something fucking rotten for us. I know. And then make sure... if if, If he gets it right, we're fucking... Landed
1: with the Fast and Furious oh, franchise. No, I see, it would be worse than that. What? Transformers season.
0: Oh. Nah. <laughs> so, hi. Um, hopefully, by the time all this is online, we might have posted like a wee poster and scored out names, like as if you're doing a fucking betting slip and scored off, right? Andy's got this one, Stu's got this one, Mike's got that one. If you're quick enough to answer us on Twitter, you could pick a film and pick a season, and hell. It's like the lottery, if your fucking number comes up, if your film wins the best picture, that's going to be the next season of films we cover. Be good to us. Yes. Be gentle. Spit in your hand first. Then he just, don't go dry. Don't just uh, go, all. Oh, call me by your name.
1: Speaking of dry, it's that time. That time.
0: To you do your shopping on Amazon, Mike?
1: Am I too early to pull it?
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at my phone, it's like, what the fuck? I, I just... Like, whatever my brain was processing, the fact that it was like, dude, when you said pull out, I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> a glitch in the matrix, just...
1: When you were looking at the music.
0: Aye, ah, yeah, I was uh. looking at the music, and just like, when you just... Dis- out of that line, I, just, I had a mental choke. I, just, I said, what? It's that time of the night where we're losing our minds. Uh, so yes, please visit filmsandswearing.com first and click on our Amazon link and do your shopping as normal. We will get a small kickback at no extra cost to yourself. Um, Mike, did you do any Amazon shopping this week? No, no? I had up on
1: Twitter last week that I think I was no longer, I'll, I, was no, I was no longer going to do, like, shopping on Amazon for, like, new titles. Aye. Like, if I'm doing, like, new titles, I'll probably do, like, HMV or something.
0: Aye. Because that, and that's it.
1: Amazon. Because I never got my copy of blade runner until, like, the day after.
0: all ah, right and Okay. I'll,
1: and, like, I paid for the delivery for it that. to get it on the day. mm mm-hmm. And, like, people... Fucking all, bullshit. People, like, the weekend were getting, like, copies for like, fucking Zavi and HMV. and, and Oh, and, and, like, so you're
0: you're sick of envy. I,
1: yeah, no, but the thing was, like, I was working all weekend, so i never had time you, to watch it, but I, I still...
0: Have you watched it yet? No. Nah. No. Nah. <laughs> so, it's, I guess that's the thing. Like, you had seen it. Yeah. So, it's not as if, like, missed it at the cinema, and now I'm just waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting I want to see it, I want to see it. And then you're left, you fucking had to wait till Tuesday to get it. I can imagine a wee bit of disappointment. I mean, yeah. I mean there that's would... the whole point you pay for delivery. Aye, and I'm sure if you if you <clears throat> left a one star review, I
1: know
0: I did not get this fucking film to Tuesday. You see, I
1: was like <sighs> yawn, yawn. I was like con- I was continuously like slandering fucking um, Amazon on like, on like Twitter just for just for a bite. But no, aye. Nah. Although I got a because I said that I was going to be using like Zabby. And oh uh, they Z- perked up Zavi perked up with a gif uh, uh, Ryan Gosling gave me the wink oh um, dirty bastards
0: <laughs> like, yeah fucking marketing teams on point <laughs> fucking their social media team I know I mean I had that with I think it was was it Virgin Media I remember doing my Kurt Russell challenge and some fucking like group popped up saying oh you could rent their films on our catalogue I was like who the fuck asked you <laughs> I'm buying these at a CEX. I'm not fucking paying your rental fees. But, aye. Let's see. You could support us on Patreon, because I believe that's the way that is pronounced. Uh, Maybe if you're American. Um, For a, a dollar a month, you could get full access to over 18, possibly 19 hours of additional audio. We're doing everything from wrestling commentaries to exclusive podcasts. That could be accessed from patron.com forward slash f-a-s podcast I'll spell it out because I say it weird p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash f-a-s podcast they accept paypal and you can log in on your facebook, it's dead fucking easy so if you want a wee bit extra films and swearing in your life it's going to cost you one pound a month
1: hmm.
0: now Hey, look! It's the cat. Now, let's get this music up early tonight because I always get it fucking wrong. Uh, social media—you could follow us on a whole plethora of social media with the username FAS Podcast. It works on Facebook. It works on Twitter. It works on Instagram. Shout out to Kenny, Carol, Mag, Stu for our Patreon supporters. Uh, David Lopan for this music. Uh, Paul Loudon for The Art ladies and gentlemen fuck off and tune in next week